0: Welcome to Sensorial with Eunice, a portal to Asian diaspora creativity and healing. I'm your host, Eunice KS, and welcome to this week's episode. Wow, it's so hard to believe that it's March 2022. The first two and a half months of this year have felt like a time warp where so much has unfolded both on a personal level and on a collective level, that it's honestly been hard to keep track. It's also felt like my spectrum of emotions has expanded and deepened, whether it's grief, anger, frustration, or joy, gratitude, love, just holding both of those feelings and being present for it has felt challenging. And one of the things that has given me comfort is constantly being reminded that I'm not alone in feeling this way through conversations I've been having with friends, as well as conversations I've been having with the incredible folks who are joining Soul Speakers. If you haven't heard, Soul Speakers is an upcoming group program experience for BIPOC and diaspora healers, artists, and change makers who are ready to liberate their voice I'm so excited for the spring 2022 group. It's a community all about inviting play and experimentation into your journey of nurturing your voice, connecting with your ancestors and reawakening your relationship with your throat chakra. It's already such a powerful group of folks who have joined. There are only a few spots left. And the last day to apply is next week. So if you're interested and curious, the link is in the show notes to book a free 30-minute call with me. And I look forward to connecting with you. And so speaking of reconnecting with a sense of play as it relates to expressing ourselves, today's conversation with our guest Hannah Bay takes us back to her childhood and how she finds inspiration from her inner child to alchemize her feelings into ice cream. Hannah Bae is the founder and Nuna of Nuna's Ice Cream. She is a Korean American creative and entrepreneur based in Brooklyn, New York. And she is also the founder of Gilbert and Bernard Pate and Specialty Foods. I'm a huge fan of her ice cream. And she and I met through a Lunar New Year market back in early 2019 when we were both featured vendors as part of an Asian American community event held by the Cosmos. And it was so much fun catching up with her. And I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. So let's get to the episode. I wanted to start off by bringing up the card that I pulled for you before this conversation. It's a very interesting card. It's called Earth Pulsing. It says, slow down. It's time to reconnect with nature and surrender to the pulse of the earth. And that when you consciously connect with the seasons, tides, rhythm of the earth, that you'll be able to release what no longer serves you. So given what's been going on in your life recently, I'm wondering what message is resonating with you now?
1: Gosh, it
0: definitely resonates with me. I can
1: apply this to my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) It resonates in that I've been I have been trying to figure out a way to have more balance within my life. You know, personal, professional. It's just hard to operate and run a business, start a business and have balance in your personal life for the people that actually matter to you and are actually more important than even your work in some ways. I've been trying to slow down a little bit um, here and there. (laughs) (laughs) I can't slow down completely. I'm trying to take moments where I am not thinking about work and going back to what's really important and nourishing those aspects in my life. You know, I'm I'm just trying to maybe figure out some new ways of be inspired in new ways or try mm. to explore new things. Working so much and for so long, it's just like at some point, especially with COVID too, it's like I love going out and traveling and seeing new things and being inspired and i think that as simple as even like just going to like a restaurant that is mind blowing and it can completely inspire me and open my eyes to new things and even make m- me feel inside like nourished and feel better so even like the simplest things like that is uh can make a big impact
0: yeah it seems like it breathes new life and inspiration into To you, but also your business, and I think what you were talking about—work dominating your life—even if your work is something you um, love—is something that is very familiar to me because I feel like just my upbringing and the way that I've been conditioned is very much career focused, and you know, my worth being tied to the things that I produce. And I think as a founder, you know, there's no one telling you that there's this much that you need to do today it's kind of like you're there's always more that you can do how do you know that it's enough you know so like I'm wondering what your relationship with being enough or doing enough has been like over the years
1: I guess there's always been like a pit in my stomach where it's like I I don't feel like I'm ever good enough or what I'm doing is right or um yeah, it's, it, it, there's a lot of negative feelings that I've had throughout my life on your worth, what you deserve, those words like worth, deserve, enough, being brought up in a very religious household and pretty much like having no choice but to go to church like literally like four days a week. Like (laughs) I grew up with a lot of Irish and Italian people can relate in terms of like the guilt that comes with being brought up in a very religious household Mm -hmm. and even going to like private school and those words of self-worth and deserving things. And it's just being enough. It's not, it's non-existent it's like you're not worth any like you I mean the way that like you're taught in some ways is like you, you don't you don't deserve anything. You're not worth mm-hmm. anything. Like you are you're, you're like very insignificant. You're small and you're here to like glorify God. That's that's mm-hmm. what you brought up to, you know, so for me growing up I really did not have any self-worth or like, that wasn't just, it, it just wasn't a word for me. It's not like I had low self-esteem or I had zero confidence. It's just that those words, just like, I didn't know what to do with them. It's like, mm. what you, if someone was like, oh, like, what's your words? Like, what? Like, I don't know what you're even <laughs> talking <about>. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that word just confuses me. Even to this day, like, I still don't really like those terms, but... I mean, when it really comes down to it, yeah, I I do deserve things. I do know my worth and I do mean something in this world.
0: When did that change for you? So you grew up in with the church, with the school, Lutheran school, and it seems like an unlikely career to um, begin Duna's ice cream. Uh, So I like take us back to the beginning of how you got even into making of ice cream. Like, did you know growing up when you were in school that you were going to be doing what you're doing?
1: No, no. Um, I mean, it wasn't even an option to like start your own business also because my parents aren't entrepreneurs. They're not business people. They actually like shied away from it. And I think it had to do with a lot of my parents, brothers and sisters. They actually, so like my aunts and uncles, they actually have businesses, a lot of them. And For some reason, I don't know, they were like, that's not for me. And Mm -hmm. so they raised us in a way, pushing us toward what my parents will say is like a professional job of doctor, lawyer, pharmacist, Mm -hmm. like teacher. Yeah, it doesn't have to do with making a lot of money, but just like a a very secure um, safe sort of, yeah, like you have a set salary and you have you know, time off. If you're a teacher, you have like the whole summer, like this and that, like they wanted me to have a job where my income was safe. And also I had time to like have a family and, Mm -hmm. you know, have kids and have that time as a mother. And so, um, yeah. So like my mom always was like, yeah, like, what about being like a, a teacher, a nurse? But for me, I just I didn't want to do any of those things ever. And I was always very confused. I was a very, very angry and confused kid. From a very early age, I always had a very strong sense of self. Maybe a little too much. Like I was very, very stubborn and hard headed growing up. Gave my parents a hard time with like that. <laughs> um, but I think I also got it from them. Like they're so stubborn <laughs> and stubborn. <laughs> so, it's yeah it's like and you're the oldest um I have an older brother actually I have two okay. brothers I have,
0: okay I, have
1: a little, uh, I mean I was the youngest for a while my younger brother is we're nine years apart
0: oh okay okay yeah. so real so, nuna <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean
1: yeah I watched him grow up I like changed his diapers I you know yeah all of, that's how I feel with
0: my brother too <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember you telling me yeah. that He's, 10 years younger, four years younger, changed my diapers. I always tell him I got scoliosis from carrying him and he was a heavy (laughs) baby. (laughs) Uh, I tell
1: him stories about, you know, him as a baby and like he doesn't, obviously doesn't remember them. But I mean, with the company, I named the company after the word Nuna, Big Sister. Um, Yeah, because I feel like a lot of my life, I was in the dark. I don't know if it's just how I am, but I, I was just always very prone to thinking really like, like negative thoughts. You know, when I started the company, I wanted to start, uh, I wanted to name the company a word that like, every time I think about it, every time other people think about it, not just me, but when people hear the word, I want the name to bring joy to you. The word you not know, embodies that. Like it, mm bodies all the good things in my life that's why I named the company after the word everything else like I don't have to put out into the world
0: (laughs) it seems like you were carving out like a container where you felt connected and you felt like there was joy and what I'm hearing from you is that being a Nuna being an older sister has been like a big part of your life and your journey?
1: Yeah. So when we found out, so the, the negative thoughts, what I do is all of the the bad stuff. It's about taking that, looking at it, examining it, and then molding it into something else that is actually something beautiful and that you can share with the world and that other people are not going to see as like negative, you know, Mm -hmm. like that into something that you can share and that will bring other people joy so it's about the transforming something Mm. when we found out that my that my mom was pregnant with my younger brother we also found out that my older brother was very sick um, Mm. that he had cancer like to put it in context my older brother was my best friend growing up my parents didn't really talk a lot. There was no conversations unless they were yelling at us or telling us to do something or, you know, it. So there wasn't really like a very outwardly loving relationship. Although, like, my parents love me to death, they would try to give me the best that they can. Mm-hmm. It's more like what you would call like a tough love type of thing. Mm-hmm. But, and so for me, like, My older brother was the one that, you know, I looked up to and kind of was like my understanding of the world. So when we were told my brother's sick, I saw it as the world, like God, like they're trying to trick. This is a really nasty trick. I might take away your brother, but then I'm giving you a younger brother. It's like I just was very, you know, I didn't handle lot of things well but like what kid would I guess so yeah it was it was a tough time it was you know also because it was like for a decade long having experiences of you know potential loss also like throughout my life losing a lot of people at a young age it just kind of made me dig into, like, some dark hole in some ways and, mm-hmm. and, like, kind of be stuck in there. So, I mean, when you pull up the card, it resonated with me in other ways in terms of my life growing up. But, yeah, it's it's for those reasons that I started Nunez and why Nunez is so, like, colorful and so playful and joyful. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I, like, because that is inside me too. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I wasn't able to bring that out when I was younger because there was so many, there was so much garbage and Mm -hmm. so much, like, like, there's just so much like life, like on top of me that I Mm -hmm. just coming at me that I couldn't, like, I couldn't dig out of Mm -hmm. and really like yeah, show certain things and express certain things. And, um, but you know, as I got older, I was able to learn how to, you know, go through transformations and figure out ways to take something, take like a lot of the intangible things within me and actually like create something that you can see and hold. mm mm-hmm. And Play around with and and shape and mold into you know I guess take control over those things in your life and make it into something that you want, yeah and live with and be proud of and that's how I see the more back end story of the healing journey yeah. yeah
0: it I keep hearing the word play, this childlike. Wonder and curiosity and play, where even the colors you choose, the logo, the name, everything evokes a sense of childhood. Or I feel like Nuna feels like a playground, Um, (laughs) different flavors coming out. And I also keep hearing the word from you, transformation, which I think is super interesting because ice cream is literally transformation, right? It's a lot of these ingredients and it turns into transforms into something so delicious. But Without the transformation piece, the alchemizing piece, it's actually just cream, or it's just not at very appetizing. So, like, there's definitely like a clear transformation process that takes something from just raw ingredients into something that people yeah like, it's find so much nourishment.
1: <laughs> you know, it's liquid in liquid state, and then it turns into you know a solid, frozen state. So, yeah, it's you know, I I. Think that that's why I, from an early age I gravitated towards baking. So mm. you know, baked my entire life, and and sort of the baker of the family. Um, and yeah, I I just love to see. It, it doesn't have to be food. I, I I genuinely love to see like something completely changed into like something else and you look at it and say like, wow, how did that become mm-hmm. what that is out of literally like nothing? Yeah. So, so I have a great appreciation for like any art and form of expression, whether it's through food or mm-hmm. through music or, you know, painting or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, in terms of the word play, you know, maybe it's because I I didn't really feel like I had a normal childhood Mm -hmm. Um, because, I mean, no one around me could really understand what I was going through. No one really had a brother that was potentially going to die or I, I think it kind of made me grow up very fast too so from what I remember like I just have always been very serious Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I feel like as a kid I was like I was such a serious kid about things that like I shouldn't be thinking about and just always like writing in Mm -hmm. a book just all these thoughts like I'm like why am I even like thinking about death and because I just felt like you know death was all around me and I I yeah, so I, I feel like with the with Nunas, I'm sort of creating a place where it evokes a happy childhood, maybe that I never had, but want other kids to have. And I want mm-hmm. other kids to have like a mentor, role model, or, or someone mm-hmm. in their life that they can look up to. And I think putting that message out there is very important because i i don't i can't really i remember when i was younger whenever being asked that question like oh who's your role model i would just be like at no one <laughs> you maybe you're your own role model <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> The question is that I don't, there were a lot of questions that I was
0: asked going on for, I just like scratched my head a lot of times. Mm, So it seems like you grew up so quickly, like there's events in your life or conditions in life that kind of sped up that childhood to adulthood transition. And in some ways, I feel like, yes, you're creating something that reflects a childhood that maybe you would have like to have experienced that you're gifting to other people, but you're also kind of as an adult living that childhood again. And I think as adults, we can all play, like that's been part of my journey too, of introducing more play into my life, because that to me has really served my creativity actually. And I think of my creative practices as like a fertile playground, because you're right. Like for me being a nuna, older sister, eldest daughter in the family, it's it was a lot of responsibility of caretaking, nurturing, like trailblazing, making all the decisions, translating all the things. And so it wasn't about what do I feel like doing or what do I like? I don't remember playing a lot. It was more like getting my life together and going to school and things like that. And so I remember it's been pretty foreign for me when I first starting to intentionally play. But for me, play has unlocked so much creativity, which then helps my career as an artist. So as you grow and craft your playground of Nuna's Ice Cream, how have you kind of evolved and grown with your creativity? Is there like a level of play and experimentation with how you find the flavors? yeah it's interesting
1: that you know you say that you've brought in more play into your life and yeah from for me the experimenting with flavors and coming up with new flavors and being in the kitchen and testing out ingredients and tasting and uh, sampling and combining flavors together that's definitely where I am happy and I thrive and Yeah. So I I would say, yeah, in the kitchen, that's, it's always been like a a playground for me, even as a kid. Yeah. Even throughout my life, I I think that that's also why I started a food business from all businesses. I, I focused on food because that's where I always felt myself like myself. Mm -hmm. And I always like i could do anything and it was a place where i was alone with my thoughts and i was also you know i feel like gr- growing up like it's either a, l- a lot of your thoughts are like in your bedroom or something mm-hmm. you know? but like for me thinking in my bedroom was so unhealthy when i was in the kitchen though and i was doing things while i'm thinking and mm-hmm. it's almost, it, it's, it's pretty much my meditate, how I meditate, yeah. like not a very, I'm not very good at sedentary meditation. Like I'm, my form of meditation is like, I I don't know, active meditation, like I don't Dynamic. know, I, I like to do things while I'm meditating and I love using my hands. I, I used to do like a lot of origami and a mm-hmm. lot of, I, you know, as a kid, you you yeah. do like the lanyards and the mm-hmm. jewelry making and all yeah. that. I used to love that. And I just loved using my hands and I loved a lot of repetitive motion mm. um, with my hands. So, yeah, I, I think whenever I was in the kitchen and making things and got really comfortable where I, you know, a lot of the motions were very automatic and and I, I knew what to bake and I knew how and you know was cooking food and dishes that I've been making for a while. It just became very therapeutic and mm-hmm. and meditative where I would think a lot, like and it would clear my mind in a way where new thoughts could come in and bring new perspective and in that way, I always felt good when I was in the kitchen. Mm. Yeah. So, so I think that that's, you know, again, when I'm thinking, when I was thinking about, you know, what brings me joy and what, like the, the moments where I actually felt good about myself and also felt like myself, And felt good because I felt like myself and was myself. It was basically in the kitchen and cooking for my family or baking something. And also taking care of my brothers. Even though my older brother is older, in some ways, because he was sick, I I sort of felt in some ways responsible for for things. So all those things, those were the things that I thought about. And it just so happened that it was like at home with my family. So yeah, they, they kind of all tie together and and that's how I landed on the word Nuna.
0: Mm. I love how it's meditative for you and sort of your space to process and play and nurture. It's like also your way of showing love. Mm-hmm. Um, one of your ways of showing love to your brothers, your family and like but to do that through an act of creation, using your hands to create something that contains a lot of your love and intention. What made the switch between baking to Nuna's ice cream? Was there like a moment, like a pivotal moment?
1: Yeah. So I guess for me, my favorite dessert is ice cream. I didn't, try my hand at making my own ice cream until high school years. But growing up, that was my favorite dessert and my, you know, the favorite for my entire family, even like cake wise, our our favorite cake is an ice cream cake. So I would say that when I wanted to start the business, I Was like, it has to be ice cream because (laughs) that's like the dessert that is, it's the dessert of desserts. I, yeah, it, it tops everything for me. Although I had less experience making ice cream than like baking cakes and cookies and pies, I did start making ice cream in my early 20s. I tried to make my first batch of ice cream in high school, but it went really badly. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't try making it again until I in my early twenties. But yeah, when when I started making ice cream, I just got addicted to making ice cream in some <laughs> like, I and mean, that's kind of like the simplest answer. Like I I I just became obsessed with ice cream to the point where Um, I didn't realize it but every time I was talking to one of my friends all I would talk to him was it it was ice cream that was all I would talk to him Mm -hmm. about and at some point he was like oh my gosh he's like can you just buy your like I mean all you gotta do is get an ice cream machine and just make ice cream like that just you know, like stop talking about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, just do it. <laughs> this was, I think, when I was like 22 or something like that. And what happened was, uh, it wasn't about starting my own business, though. It was just the act of making ice cream. Like, I, mm. I was made like before. Like, I got really obsessed with making ice cream. I, I just kept talking about making ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> to my friend so I'm sorry I have to backtrack like when I was talking to my friend it was before I started making ice cream and like became obsessed with it obsessed with making ice cream so when I was talking to him I was just talking about how much I love ice cream and about all these flavors that I want to make and like what if this what if that and then yeah my friend just like Just, just make ice cream then. Like, (laughs) like, just get an ice cream machine and make it. And I didn't get an ice cream machine. What What happened was on my birthday, and an ice cream machine appeared on my door. Oh, Um, from my friend because he was sick of me talking about ice cream so much. (laughs) So yeah, so that's what happened. And when I got the machine yeah i i promised myself to kind of like not have this machine just sit tucked away in a cabinet somewhere because i mean there's so many appliances that even now that i have i barely use but the iso machine i was like i have to use this i'm like gonna mm. go and like, wear this machine out like for some reason that's what i i told the machine when i got it and, <laughs> <laughs> um, from then on, I just became obsessed with making ice cream and yeah, and that's sort of how I started making ice cream. And when I moved out to Brooklyn, I was probably 23 and yeah, and I started just making ice cream for my roommates, neighbors, mm-hmm. cause I would just make so much. And I, I kind of like have no hobbies. Like I, <laughs> I like I would go to work and then literally like my work hours were so long that all I would do during the weekdays would go to work and go to eat dinner and go to sleep. And on the weekends, I would stay home and just bake and make ice cream. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the way that I winded down and, mm-hmm. and recovered from like the week and enjoyed myself and my neighbors and roommates would eat it. And there came a point where I decided to, to experiment with flavors more because I started getting really good at just making ice cream in terms of texturally and the, in terms of how I like my ice cream to be. I felt like I had pinned that down. So after that, I, I started thinking about flavors that I wanted to make. And my favorite flavor is actually black sesame from like any ice cream flavor. Mm, yes. um, it's, it's black sesame and living in Brooklyn, it's hard to get black sesame ice cream or any Asian Mm -hmm. flavored ice cream. Now you can find Nuna's in Brooklyn. So, (laughs) (laughs) but but, yeah, back then, like at that time, you can only go to maybe like a Chinese supermarket Mm -hmm. I'm fine Asian ice cream flavors, but yeah, I started, you know, so I was like, I can't find black sesame anywhere. Yeah. So I, I started, I started making my own black sesame ice cream and, you know, my roommates and, and my neighbors, none of them were Asian and thinking like, Oh, they won't like this, but I just thought, Oh, like maybe they'll like it, but it's probably just going to be like whatever to them. Like they'll it's probably like an unmemorable flavor. Mm that's what I thought and then but uh when I shared it with them they they like raved about it and and mm-hmm. then they get their minds off of it and it just became where whenever anyone saw me I literally was like a walking ice cream cone like it just, <laughs> <laughs> like, like my face is like a bowl of ice cream like it just <laughs> people would see me they would be like where's the ice cream And
0: I'm like that's amazing branding. It's like everyone just sees you as this ice cream cone. It
1: it was it it got to the point where like, oh my gosh, like I'm Hannah. Like it's like I'm not like a piece of ice cream, like a scoop of ice cream. (laughs) No, but yeah, it 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 really it it got to the point where people were like really craving it and Mm. asking me for it and um and and I was like well if I keep making all this ice cream for you guys like I'm gonna go broke (laughs) like like, because this is not that cheap like yeah (laughs) um and yeah so uh they were like I'm happy to pay for it like Mm. your first customer is like we really think that you should like think seriously about like, like starting a business, like an ice cream business of this, you know? you um, know it's like, I don't know, we'll see. And then, then I decided I wanted to make like my own ice cream flavor. Like black sesame is like, you know, exists. So it, I wanted to like create like my own, like some mm-hmm. flavor that does not exist. It's, it's going to be like, my creation Mm -hmm. and and that that's when I created the toasted rice ice cream uh yeah that changed everything when I made that flavor because when I made that flavor and shared it with my friends my family it doesn't my neighbors like didn't matter who it was like everyone's reaction was the same it was like crazy it doesn't matter like if you're like Asian like it doesn't matter like everyone's reaction was like this is amazing like this is very different this is like you need to sell this like you need to package this and stuff yeah Uh, and when I made that flavor and people said that I was like you know yeah maybe I might Yeah, and it's also like because that flavor, there was a lot of thought that went into even bringing that flavor to life. Like, I people ask me like, how did you even come up with the toasted rice ice cream? And I just went back to my memory index and just I I asked myself like, what's your biggest comforting memory? Because also when I made that flavor, I was actually very I felt very alone mm. in the world. Like I, I felt very, like not, not at my lowest point, but I felt really low and very not okay. And I was very much missing my family, even though they're, you know, a borough away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, at that time in my life, I hadn't seen them in a long I mean, I think in three years or something, I probably only saw like my dad once mm. or my mom like a few, like three times or so. Like it just, at that time, I had a very distant relationship with my family and I wasn't really, yeah, like I, our relationship was not that great and very like distant. So, um, yeah, I like, I missed them a lot. And I, I was like, and on top of that, I just, in general was like, just at a very low point in my life and probably why I was, you know, spent all like my, my free time just in the kitchen and mm. making ice cream and baking and because that was sort of like my safe haven and where I felt like myself I I didn't know Mm -hmm. who I was outside of that honestly so yeah I guess it was a good thing that I spent my time making ice cream when I did because I don't know what what I would be doing now
0: (laughs) yeah I want to talk about the persimmon flavor because Mm -hmm. I feel like persimmon also evokes that childhood or like for me, like that was that come and hongxi is just such a big part of my Korean American um, upbringing. First of all, it tastes good, but it's also so seasonal. So as we talk about the card that we pulled, it's like going in harmony with the earth. And I feel like there's something like very seasonal about it. and It's in collaboration with Japanese breakfast, which is such a big deal. So how has it felt collaborating with Japanese breakfast and also bringing this specific flavor to life?
1: Yeah, so I've been wanting to come out with a persimmon flavor for a very long time. Um, Actually, one of the flavors that I made for my neighbors and friends before I started the business was a persimmon flavor. I have, like, a whole list, uh, like, a book of just flavors that I want to create, that I want to come out with for Nunas, that I just want to make and see what happens. And, you know, um, so it's never-ending in terms of the flavors that I want to make. And that's always exciting. But, you know, when Japanese Breakfast, when Michelle, she came out with her album Jubilee, um, even before that, when she came out with her book, Crying in H Mart too. Like I just resonated a lot with her in terms of, you know, again, with like loss and being at a low point in your life, like having responsibilities, you know, not just for yourself. And there's a lot of things that I related to when reading her book, um, mm-hmm. even just with my relationship with Uh, food especially with Korean food the fact that your relationship with food can have such a a profound impact on your identity Mm -hmm. uh, also resonated with me so yeah when when her album came out Jubilee and her theme was with persimmons and I immediately was like oh my gosh like this is the time like this is the, this is like, fate? yeah. Like this needs to happen also because like she had discovered our ice cream and she had shared a story of like our ice creams. And I oh. just like, wait, yeah. Like this is all coming together. I need to talk to her and tell her how I feel and that I've been thinking about a persimmon flavor and that it would be really great if we did the persimmon flavor together, because I was going to come out with a a persimmon flavor, you know, without her with her, you know, like it was already on my mind, but then when I saw all of those things come together, I was like, wait, this collaboration needs to happen because serendipitously, all these things are happening. <laughs> yeah. All the signs. Yeah. And she was all for it. And it was really exciting to, to just, you know, talk with her. And like, we would just talk about ice cream, what kind of ice cream she likes. And it was great because our
0: ice cream personalities, if you want to, call it, like, are, are very similar. I, I love to see the collaboration of you two coming to life in such a fateful, easeful way too. It wasn't just out of the blue. There was just like so many like meaningful, genuine points of connection that led to that collaboration. It's also like when I look at Persimmon, I think of. I
1: love not only does persimmon taste so good, but it just, it it honestly reminds me of youth of like Mm. plump and round and like like, the color. It's so vibrant and it it just like, it literally looks like baby cheeks to me. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then like when you scoop it, it's like jelly almost really, really ripe. And so it's, it reminds me of like baby food in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it's quite addictive to eat. So yeah, it just, I just have good feelings when mm-hmm. i even look at a person. Then. So yeah, it's just great also because I think for her, like she came with Michelle, she came out with the album Jubilee and it's sort of like her transformation in terms of crying age, like that she talks about in crying smart. And with her album, it's like about, jubilee happy joy and the new beginnings
0: mm-hmm. it's like a parallel journey of transformation through creation that's amazing so mm-hmm. hannah what is your wildest dream beyond all limitations beyond all barriers <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, like feeling my wildest dream is like oh like to be like a fish in the sea. Like I can't be a fish, you know?
0: <laughs> like, ah, so your wildest dream is to be a fish in the sea? Like not, if you could? <laughs> no, it's not. But no, like I,
1: like in some ways, yeah, like I, I want to be not a human and, and be underwater somewhere, floating in a dream or something, in mm-hmm. a nice dream. <laughs> yeah. But like that, that, you know, that's not going to happen. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I don't know. My wildest dream is it's weird because I would say that I've always thought about what happens to you after you die. So, my wildest dream would be to like be able to like choose your next life, (laughs) choose your reincarnation. into the water as a fish <laughs> have like a choice because yeah. like, I had no choice to be in this world like I just came I'm just we're we're all here and like we didn't have a choice in that and strangely I was always really upset as a kid mm. <laughs> like not understanding like why I was here and like not being able to like have a choice for something I don't know why I'm like I was thinking like all these like those kind of things but um but I would say that my wildest dream would be like to be able to choose um to actually have maybe have a life after this one and to choose what it is
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean there are a lot of people like for who believe in reincarnation that your soul chose this life, that even if it doesn't feel like it, that our soul for this lifetime chose this script. But I think what's beautiful about your story is that it's almost like as a child, you didn't feel like you had choice in the matter, the circumstances. But I think with Nuna's Ice Cream, as the founder and the creator, you have a lot of choice in how you do everything. Everything is your choice. And I like, how beautiful is that? And you're kind of rewriting or like elevating your childhood or transforming and alchemizing your childhood into something that you control, but also like out of beauty, out of love, out of, you know, like you, you get to determine the vibe, the intention that's being put into these creations. So I think that's pretty cool. Like how you flip that script through your journey. Yeah. I I think that's, Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. My final question to you today is, what do you think your younger self needed or wanted to hear? And what message would you like to share with her today? I feel like anything that I
1: would say to my younger self would be useless because (laughs) that younger self would not listen at all. Mm. so stubborn. But Mm -hmm. um, I would probably give her a hug. Yeah, a hug. Like a hug.
0: Nice a hug. long nice hug <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like yeah. there was so much so many themes of like a recurring theme of childhood and playground and play and all that stuff which I realized Nuna's ice cream really really embodies so I'm, I'm excited that I can now taste these ice cream flavors with this story in Aww. my heart and knowing that that's the intention that was put in it but yeah. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on Sensorial and everyone support Nuna's Ice Cream. And once you try, you know, you'll you'll get addicted. So um, <laughs> I'm just warning, you now. <laughs> but thank you so much, Hannah.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you, Eunice. It was a pleasure.
0: Hope you enjoyed the episode. I would love to hear what resonated with you. And thank you as always to my patrons for supporting the show. Remember to look in the show notes. You'll find the link to all the details to Soul Speakers. Spots are filling up and it is already such a powerful group for this spring 2022 wave. If you're interested, please feel free to schedule a 30 minute free call with me to connect and explore how this experience might feel for you. And you can also feel free to directly apply in the link in the show notes. Hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and talk to you soon.